This is Geek Gab with your host, me and Dornal. I was supposed to say Daddy War. Man, this is how much into the show? We're into the show like two seconds, and I've already flubbed it up. We'll fix it in post production. <laughs> oh, sure we will, because that's what we're famous for: fixing things in post production. <laughs> Good morning, Daddy Warpig. This is Geek Gag. I believe you meant to say, we are back. Oh, that's right. We are back. Geek Gag for Saturday, April 20th, 2019. And we have an awesome, awesome guest on the show. And I think that it is doubly and trebly clear from how well this has gone to this point that we <laughs> ought to just let him talk right now. So I can gather my thoughts. Hey, how's it going, folks? <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Thanks for um, having me. I, 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 I could do a proper intro. Well, welcome to the show, Steve Hollitz, also known as Bonehand from Bonehand.com, uh, co-host and what do you call it? Pod ma Podcaster General uh, <laughs> of the, the Bone Bat Show. Welcome, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, I think I was putting on airs the day I... Uh type that up but uh hey man when inspiration strikes and it's on the internet forever <laughs> this is exactly yeah. right so, so don't yeah, thanks so much for having me i appreciate it I, i'm kind of uh sort of coming down off the high of last weekend's festival so uh to have a have a chance to chat in a relaxed uh atmosphere and kind of talk about things is uh welcome well, that's what's great about the show is that our guests can be really, really relaxed while we're panicking about uh, technical problems behind the scenes. So, <laughs> right, yeah, I, I'm used to hosting my own show. So when I'm on somebody else's, it's like you guys drive. I'm going to sit in the back and drink my tea or whatever. It's it's good. Speaking of tea, I'll I'll, I'll repeat this. I'm I'm enjoying a nice uh, cup of tea in my commemorative bone bat film fest mug with the uh with with the monsters engraved on on the side this is wonderful it makes the tea taste better <laughs> yeah we went uh we went next level this year with these sandblasted mugs uh we're pretty proud of those those are fun uh that's awesome so um this is a uh, let me let me recap because we talked about this last week on the show i was so excited right after the show um i i my dad and I hopped in the car and we went into Seattle. Uh, yes, that Seattle. And uh, we went to uh, this year film festival, the the Comedy of Horrors Film Fest. Uh, I was so pumped and it was great. I, I had a really great time. Um, but you're coming you're coming down from that high, Steve. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so, like, so this is like the day after Christmas, kind of. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, uh, it's uh, It was an awesome show. I had a lot of fun. But before we get into the details... This is, you can relax. Uh, how about a little retrospective? What's on your mind? What do you think about the show? About the uh, the film festival? Yeah, how, I mean, how, how are you feeling? How'd it go? How'd... I think it went great. Um, we've, that's the most, we sold out that room for the first time, which uh, we've, we've moved theaters uh, three times or two times previous. So we uh, originally started the festival at Big Picture in Redmond, Washington, which isn't there anymore. It was a, a smaller room and we, we sold that out. We moved to Central Cinema, which we absolutely loved, but we sold out that place uh, our second year. And we had two cons consecutive sellouts and we were just, there were so many more people that wanted to come. 
And so we doubled the size of that with this theater that we've been in in SIF for the last uh, four years. And we finally sold that out. So it looks like we're probably due for either a move to their bigger theater or another theater. Uh, so, you know, the, the numbers were there. Uh, it's, it's always great to, you know, at the end of the night, everybody's filing out of the theater and they've all got a smile on their face and they're all talking about what their favorite films are. And uh, to me, that's that's when you know that we, we've done something good. We made a lot of people happy today. Uh, I, I was happy. I, I Full disclosure, I actually didn't stay through to the end of the night. Um, I, I'm, I'm not a huge horror fan, and that's what makes it so cool. Uh, <laughs> this like this it's for, for the uninitiated. You just had something like 40 shorts and 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 some were live action. Uh, most were live action. Some were animated shorts and they were all horror films but um either they had uh, they were comedies or they were sort of uh written with that sort of that tongue-in-cheek like yeah we we know this is horror we know it's going to be you know cheesy and schlocky we're gonna have fun with it that sort of thing and you just played that all day yes yeah as far as i know we're the world's only dedicated comedy horror film festival and that doesn't mean that every film is comedy horror you know it'll slide back and forth on the spectrum as you mentioned from something that is outright terrifying to something that's really funny but not that scary and even some things that are just there for a quick shock or a gross out we'll throw that in too the whole thing is kind of a mixtape from us to keep the audience on their toes and entertained for the full day uh it it worked it really worked uh in fact, one of the ones one of the ones I, I remembered that didn't exactly fit the mold, but was uh, I think you must have selected it because it was very good. Was it was sort of a ghost story called Demon, yes. and it was just a just a little story. There's only two characters in it. There's really only two characters in it. There there's a demon, but I won't spoil which one is the demon. Um, and it's just like a creepy little ghost story, but um, it was obviously a guy who. It was shot by uh, a team who wanted to sort of show off their cinematography. They they used all these the, all the cool tricks that are sort of if you look for it, they're well known to make it look like it was all done in one take. Yeah, a lot of a lot of single take stuff, and also a lot of uh, everything was shot in natural light. So it was shot with a full moon in the desert, and then you had like a bonfire and like gas lamps inside of a cabin. And that was it. There was no like Hollywood style Klieg lighting or anything like that, you know, and, to to illuminate the scenes. And it's kind of the mix of that with this sort of maybe overwrought Tarantino-esque dialogue from these two actors that kind of just pulled the whole thing together for me anyway. I thought it was I found it uh, just really intense and uh, really dragged me in. I, that, that was my favorite. I would have voted for that best in show. Did but you you guys did got a, several votes for for best in show. That's one of the the fun things too about this fest. We feel like we did a good job. Uh, Forty seven shorts this year. Probably thirty eight of them got votes for best short. So that means that you know every film's not going to be for you, but every film is for someone. And that's awesome. And and it, it exposed me to this audience because i knew that horror fans existed but i was i was wondering you've been you've been one of these fans and you've been running the show for years and years um do you have a lot of people that just love this stuff uh, that come to the show or come up to you and say hey man th this is great like how big is this audience 
Oh yeah. And it, these are also people that we'll be seeing like in two weeks, uh, a Crypticon Seattle will happen. And it's a lot of the same members that, that are in that community that really love horror. You know, uh, uh, you might be friends with them on Facebook or something. And you see when a new, you know, big horror film comes out like uh, us a couple of weeks ago or pet cemetery these people are all talking about you know going out and seeing those opening day and there's a, a lot of you know a, it's a great community a very uh, a, a community that's very excited about uh, horror and uh, you know what it can do and that's new for me like i said just a few minutes ago like i'm not really a horror fan you know i I I think my favorite horror movie is probably Alien, mm-hmm. which 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 will tell you probably all about my tastes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a fantastic film. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, haunted haunted house in space. You can't go wrong with that. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, but there's another thing that I thought was really interesting and sort of sitting through the show, um, not you know not just as as a not as a fan of horror but more like a fan of various films um and of course i wanted to you know i wanted to support my pal running this uh running this show but it looked really well put together i i sat down and i'm like how the hell am i gonna sit here for you know 10 hours watching shorts but Mm -hmm. you guys broke it up and you didn't just have intermissions you had your intermission was live music (laughs) yeah sure Absolutely. Well, that's, that's a philosophy that, that comes directly from the podcast that, you know, we've always kind of felt like if there's so many podcasts out there, as you guys well know, as podcasters yourselves. So you're, you're competing for attention, even if it's like an hour a week or whatever it is, there's, there's a lot of great stuff to listen to. So how to differentiate yourself. And so we've always felt like, well, if we break it up, we'll chat for a few minutes, we'll play a song, We'll cut to the next thing. We'll interview somebody. We'll come back to some more chat. Keep that variety has always really worked for us. And so when we decided to do a film festival, you know, sort of bringing the same things that that we like to do with the podcast to the festival realm seemed like a natural fit. Yeah, it makes sense in that uh, in that from that perspective. You're just like let's let's just rent out a movie theater and then have a giant podcast today. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, have you have you tried that? Have you just had you and your your co-host Gord just sit down and and shoot <laughs> shoot the shit in the theater? No, not too much. That would feel I don't know a little masturbatory, maybe. <laughs> 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 I mean, because I'm in a band as well, and like I don't think I'd want my band playing at the film festival. I I, I think I want to keep that separate because there are, there are far better musicians than me. So, okay. you know, let's, let's see them, let's have them play. Let's have real filmmakers, you know, do the movies and, uh, I'll sit back and pull it together and just enjoy the whole thing. Now that sort of, that, that sort of brings me to the, the other thing that I was thinking about when we were, we were chatting on, on Wednesday, uh, during the, the almighty Gloomhaven game. Indeed. Uh, the, the Gloomhaven is the glue that binds us together <laughs> with, with, with hate and sorrow. Um, so so wait, when you say you're going to go play Gloomhaven, you're playing with Steve here? Uh actually, uh Steve's my second game of Gloomhaven. Oh. <laughs> uh, this is why I don't have any other free time during that. <laughs> right. Yeah, it, it kind of takes a takes a little time to play that game, but uh, it's it's <laughs> great. I've had a lot of fun with it. 
Oh yeah, it's it's been well. Let me put it this way: I'm in a second long-running game, so there you go. Um, I guess. But we were talking about the you know the film selection and everything, and, and one thing I wasn't clued into is how many great independent filmmakers are out there. How many great independent films are out there? Um, and and you said something that that shocked me is that you you reject a lot of submissions, and I'm trying to figure out how do you get so many submissions i didn't i didn't realize there was so much just independent horror films being made every year yeah absolutely and and these films are being made by everyone from you know hollywood directors and writers and filmmakers that have some downtime between features to student films to just some guy who had an idea and decided to shoot something on his iphone I mean, they're, they're really the, the only limit is your creativity these days when it comes to filmmaking. And, you know, we get hundreds of submissions each year for people who run film festivals. There are actually portals online where if you're a filmmaker, you can go to a portal and register your film and then choose uh, which film festivals you would like to submit to. And uh, you submit your films and we get hundreds uh, and my co-host Gordon and I watch every single one of them and uh, we give them a rating and we narrow it down to the ones that we think are best. And then uh, one day in March, we sit down and have a big argument about which ones we like best and uh, we finalize our lineup. That's that's kind of how it all comes together. In a lot of ways, I think our festival is sort of a challenge for filmmakers to get into because you know some film film festivals like sif seattle international film festival they've got a great big jury of people to pick films right but for this specific festival the comedy of horrors you have to make two people myself and gordon laugh or scream or cringe or whatever i mean that's a pretty narrow niche and it's a, a very specific audience that you have to please in order to get into our fest Oh, I mean, it worked for me for the most part. Uh, mo I think most of the films that I saw uh, that day uh, were uh, entertaining in, in one of those <laughs> aspects. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's good that Gordon and I have sort of, a, I say, different but complementary tastes. So, like, he's he's really responsible for, if you wonder where the beautiful animation comes from, Gordon's the one who's chasing that stuff down. Because he's the big animation fan. And man, he knocked it dead this year. Each animated film we had was awesome. And it was awesome in a different way. No two films looked the same. And it was really cool to, to have that sort of a presentation. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the, the I saw the one, I think you said it won the, the show, was an animated feature, Wild Love or something like that. We haven't announced that yet, man. <clears throat> oh, oh, spoilers. <laughs> spoilers. Uh well, uh, now the millions of screaming fans <laughs> of this show know what the secret is, but they won't tell anybody because they're cool like that. Thank you. Yes. Please keep it under your hat until episode 176 of the Bone Bat Show a week from tomorrow. Okay. Well, we'll I'll I'll keep it uh, other than broadcasting it over the internet on YouTube. We'll keep it we'll keep it quiet. Thanks Geek Gab fans. Much appreciated. <laughs> uh yeah, it, lots of great and and you're right because out of the animated animated shorts i really liked two of them and they were completely different one was um absolutely uproariously funny um with, with some you know brutal um you know shockingly horror horrible moments 
No, but it was it was all played for laughs. And uh, and the other one was just sort of short and quiet and sweet, yes. which I, I didn't expect from the show, but I really enjoyed it. It was a nice palate cleanser, if, if nothing else. Yeah, we occasionally have sweet things. I'm kind of a sucker for sort of, you know, 80s type John Hughes stuff, which is why I, I think I love uh, last year we had one called Happy Anniversary where the zombie couple that was really sweet or this year, this so social media asicus music videos which kind of have like the sla all the slasher monsters from the movies in high school. And it's just kind of this silly fun thing. And I, I really enjoy that. Yeah. That, that was a, they did a music video of that. That was really funny. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. Um, wow. Um, there's another thing that you mentioned. So I've got this bouncing around in the back of my head, and I thought I might as well bring it up on the show. Okay. That that would this sort of uh, festival work for other genres or, or other types of film? Because I think you you mentioned that you get a lot of submissions that don't work because they're sort of they're too science fictiony, not enough horror. Yeah, yeah. We've we've talked about Gordon and I have talked about this for years that we get these like a really cool time travel story or something like that, that, that just doesn't quite fit our festival, but that would, if, if you could put enough of them together, it would make a, a really cool festival that is kind of a different vibe. And yeah, I, I think that that you could use that treatment with another genre. Absolutely. Well, I, I hope that someone listening is inspired to sort of start their own film festival, uh, off of that model, because I, I think it was a, a, a cool model. It was a great way to sort of spend an afternoon uh, and an evening uh, just hanging out with people who, who like the same sort of stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the idea for the film festival, um, of course, Gordon and I kind of when we went, got, you know, got caught, became college age. Uh, would go to the Spike and Mike Twisted Animation Festivals, you know, when those would come to town. And so that was that was kind of a big inspiration. And then like a decade ago, right before we started this, two things happened. Uh, another podcast that we were friends with, Drunken Zombie from Peoria, Illinois, they had gotten access to a theater and decided to do a film festival. And so that, that sort of gave us the idea. And then there was a zombie film festival here in Seattle called the Revenant Film Festival that uh, I attended a couple of times. And I just loved that experience of... You know, it was a little bit shorter. It was like six hours, but you'd watch a couple of features and a couple of shorts and they had a prize giveaway. And it, it sort of, it had a lot of the nuts and bolts in a different order of what we do now. And that was so much, such a good time for me that I sort of wanted to replicate that, but add our own flavor. I dig See, it. There it is. I even, I even, uh, that was deliberate. I told Steve before the show about, about we'll we'll occasionally point out a a uh, dead air, <laughs> and and so I let that happen just just to get you to notice it. Yeah, Gordon I mean, and I will do that on the show too. Just kind of wait. Were you gonna say something? <laughs> <laughs> it's almost a how long can you go before the other guy will speak? <laughs> so the thing with shows like this is I haven't. I didn't go to the festival. I've probably never seen any of the shorts that were in the festival. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to having a conversation about the festival, you guys 
can do your thing and I'll be listening. But uh, I'm also looking at uh, Art Station right now. So. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, later on, if you're interested, you can go to the uh, Bone Bat Film Festival website. And from previous years, we do have links from the shorts that we have shown previously. So you can, you know, check some of those out and kind of get the flavor of what we do. Sounds cool. Yeah. Uh, you actually mentioned something. You mentioned the Drunken Zombie Film Festival. Uh, yeah. And, and that perked my ears up because you said it's in peoria illinois yes do they, do they still run that they do not uh, drunken zombie folded like three years ago as a podcast so uh the the folks who did that show do other podcasts now but uh i don't believe that drunken zombie either in podcast or film festival form is an ongoing concern any longer unfortunately the, oh, they're that's a great bad. bunch of guys and uh it's it's always good to to see them you know associated with other stuff because they had always had really good taste, but uh, they were somebody that kind of started podcasting like within months of when we did. And so we sort of had this, you know, sort of friendship based on that, that we came up at the same time. Oh, cool. Uh, it's just it's funny that that came up because you said that they're in Peoria, Illinois, and that's where our our good friend of the show and former co-host Brian Niemeyer, he's from Peoria, oh, okay. Illinois. So I think I, I'm beginning to suspect that there's some sort of cosmic nexus in that <laughs> in that part of the world. Um, yeah, he was, he might know those guys. I, I think he went to the went to the festival several times. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a big film guy. He likes to, he used to he actually used to manage a movie theater out there. Oh, nice. Uh, cool. All right. Well, it, it's it's all coming together. Uh, it's everything's happening in Peoria. If you were wondering where the where the uh, where the apocalypse was going to start, I mean, some some people might say, yeah, probably the Middle East, but no, I think it's going to be in Illinois, in Peoria. <laughs> that, that wouldn't surprise me. Actually, I, I I would be betting it was in Illinois, Chicago. But you know, maybe maybe they need a smaller place to start with before they go play the big city. Yeah. yeah somebody somebody kicks over that barrel of two four five Trey oxen, and we're off to the races. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I always say when people bring up the end of the world, that's okay. You know, I was kind of getting tired of the place anyway. <laughs> um, in, in more positive, in more positive news, just to, to get you away from business for a minute, Steve. Sure. Um, so what sort of stuff outside of the film festival, what sort of stuff are you into as far as movies or, or pop culture or whatever? Um, hmm, well, as you know, big horror movie fan. So, uh, when, when new flicks come out, I try to check those out. Uh, also I'm kind of into, uh, on shutter. Are you familiar with shutter? Never heard of it. It is a online sort of horror TV channel. And on Friday nights, uh, Joe Bob Briggs is hosting a double feature. And last night uh, we were watching uh, Madman from 1981 and a Japanese horror film called uh, Wolf Guy, the uh, enraged lycanthrope, which was freaking insane and hilarious. <laughs> Wolf Guy. <laughs> yeah, Wolf Guy, which is a great title. <laughs> so uh, kind of following that, uh, I'm also in a band called Social Meteors with uh, some other musicians that are from Redmond. And uh, we play covers a couple of times a year. And uh, so that takes up some time because we get together for practice. Of course, Gloomhaven. I'm into board games and uh, occasionally I'll kickstart a few things. And uh, 
Gloomhaven. Uh, we've been trying to get that in about every other week. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, and holy cow. The, the Kickstarter addiction in board games is something else. Yeah, and it seems like there's there's so much good stuff coming out. Uh, and last year I got a game called Nemesis, which is sort of like, you mentioned Alien. It's essentially Alien the board game. Ooh. You wake up from hypersleep and there's aliens chasing you around a ship and you have a limited number of turns to either escape the ship uh, by uh, accomplishing your victory uh, mission, uh, what do you call it, uh, checklist, or uh detonating the ship so <laughs> it's it's a it's a good time does it work does the kickstarter um as a crowdfunding platform work better for um for board games than it does for say role-playing games or comics hmm, i don't know you know i i tend I don't know that I've kickstarted many comics or role-playing games. I think I've only kickstarted either film projects, uh, new albums by musicians, or board games. I haven't done a lot with comics or role-playing. Yeah, we well, we've had uh, we've talked to a couple of people who have successfully done uh, crowdfunded campaigns for both comics and RPG supplements, mm -hmm. and and while the projects themselves were completed and, and finished and you know on their own terms wildly successful uh they, they seem like small potatoes compared to some of these really big you know big movie projects or like when a celebrity uh pitches something and they get you know hundreds of thousands of dollars in it's really sure. weird yeah well i mean we we kickstart the film festival each year and the, the reason that we do that is basically to get the money to pay for the theater and the band so you know what we'll do we we i've always felt like with kickstarter though it always bothered me when you'd have like a filmmaker asking for a hundred dollars for a dvd but to me as a reward that seems like it's nuts so for us you can get your tickets for the film festival at a reduced cost from what it'll cost you once the tickets are uh, on sale for as an advanced ticket and you can also get t-shirts and hoodies and the mugs the mugs this year were actually a stretch goal from the kickstarter so we, we did well enough that we were able to offer that. And that turned out really nice, I thought. But uh, yeah, it's, you know, making the biggest thing for me with Kickstarter is making sure that the rewards, you feel like you're getting a good deal. Because, hey, somebody's giving you money six months in advance. You really need to work to make it worthwhile. And when, when people don't, when it's just like, yeah, you're play, paying, say, for a, even a board game, you're going to pay, you know, regular sticker cost of what you pay in a game store. Well, to me, that's not really a selling point. I'm not interested. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. Um, especially with the, with the state of board games right now. The, uh, I think to, to Daddy Warpig's question, what I've seen out of board games is that Kickstarter is a great way to increase the, I don't know, the bling or the, the, the presentation of the game. Yeah, something like the Gloomhaven was was a famous Kickstarter, and they basically upgraded all the components. The, the game was originally designed to have all paper components. Yeah, but guess what? Enough right. people put money in, and you got little resin figures for the yeah, characters. Yeah, you got minis. Yeah, uh, that's really cool. And and uh, it, so it's a mixed bag because I also played another game that was uh, has the same sort of feel, like big, beautiful miniatures and 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 a gorgeous, colorful map and everything like that. Um, it was a game set in Japan and it had these like, 
on a six inch tall Oni figures. Really, really cool stuff. The game itself, it's kind of boring. Yeah. And that's the one thing you never know. I, I try to make a point of watching the Kickstarter, Kickstarter video, you know, whatever comes up and also sort of perusing. A lot of times they'll put the rules online and kind of, you know, at least sort of familiarizing yourself with the game first before I put down my money. Yeah, um, but I still I've still kickstarted a couple of games that I don't play often, so I don't know that I'm always successful. Well, yeah, that's hard too because um, <laughs> because board gaming is becoming one of the, one of those hobbies where uh, so much there's so much out there to try that uh, you know if you're on a mailing list or something like that or or in the Facebook group for for selling games, everybody's got a whole shelf full of games that they don't play and they're always you know hey uh, you know barely played copy of such and such you know i kickstarted this and i never play it uh, sell yeah. it it's it's becoming it's gotten to the point where uh we're consuming them rather than just playing them and enjoying them yeah and there's the kind of the space uh, aspect of it too that that board games tend, tend to take up more than room than a dvd or a book so you, you even have to be a little more maybe careful about it if you have limited space. Um, I will say this. Um, if you look at anything that is other than like a full-fledged movie production, um, like and I'm talking like a AAA movie, like, you know, high quality, everything's being commoditized. Novels, comics, um, there's just so much stuff out there now. And I'm not saying this is good or bad. I'm not, you know, making a case one way or the other. But it's pretty much uh, TV shows. I mean, we have so many uh, small streaming services now that are hyper-focused. It's basically just like cable online. Um, mm. And all of it's being commoditized. And the real big problem is not having an audience for your specific work. It is actually being able to get in contact with the people who will love your specific work. And uh, and that's the real difficulty. And, and as far as the audience goes, there may be, and, and is, because I've discovered these before, um, an entire series of books out there that are exactly what I would want to read if I knew it existed, but I've just never heard of it before. And nobody who likes it is in my social circles. That's, it's actually a real difficulty. Yeah, absolutely. One of the biggest challenges that we've had with the film festival is just explaining what the hell it is. Cause it's like, well, it's, it's got comedy and it's got horror and it's, it's, there's live music and, but, but, you know, explaining that in, in an elevator pitch to somebody, it's a little bit challenging, but once somebody comes to the festival for the first time, they seem to have a great time and they seem to come back. So I, I do see that as, as something that is difficult, you know, connecting interesting content with an audience. And I, I think, you know, as podcasters, that's sort of a mandate or an opportunity for us because we can use our platform to re, you know, share the stuff that we love with a like-minded audience. And, you know, I, I think you've probably found it super satisfying to, to have somebody get back in touch with you later and say, Hey, you know, you interviewed this sci-fi author a couple of months ago and I read him and I love his stuff. And I bought everything that he put out since. I mean, there's, there's nothing that, that feels better to me as a curator than that of connecting somebody with really cool art. 
Well, because we do our so show live, um, and this happened just a few weeks ago, uh, we were talking about a Kickstarter for this one gentleman, and he got like three pledges just during the show and was able to tell us live on the air. Yeah, that's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love it. Yeah, that makes it exciting. I, I, I really enjoy that that aspect of podcasting. Sort of like, you know, a bee pollinating a lot of different things. You're able to help get the buzz out. We talk about that at the film festival, too. Like in, in the program, we try to put social media tags and things for all of our filmmakers because, you know, we're aware of the fact that buzz is a commodity. And if we are able to shine a little light on these actors and directors and writers, you know, it can help them down the road. One thing, you know, butterfly wings flapping that can help build to one day getting them a job or an opportunity on another film. So to me, that is, is kind of an important aspect of what we do. Yeah. And, and I noticed that uh, because I took a long break from Facebook, but I popped on Facebook and I noticed that leading up to the show, you were just uh, every day or every, or a couple of times a week you were posting, all right, here's, here's one of the films we're showing. Here's a clip or here's a trailer or something like that. Like, check these guys out, check these guys out. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it, that's coming exactly from that place of, you know, check out these independent filmmakers. And and it's interesting, some of the stories that we hear. So two years ago, there was an animated film from France that we selected called uh, Garden Party. And it won our Viewer's Choice Award. And then the following year, it was actually nominated for an Academy Award. Really? Oh, wow. Yes. And uh, the, in our second year of the film festival, we had a short called Curtain that we played at the film festival. And the director of that was one of the co-directors of the reboot of Pet Cemetery that came out two weeks ago. <laughs> the movie uh, Curse of La Llorona, which just opened this week, was directed by a guy named Michael Chavez, who had a film in our festival called The Maiden a couple years ago. So it's really cool to see these people who started out in very humble, in a humble way, making films and move on to bigger and better things. That's really exciting. Uh, that's really that's great to hear that you're making those connections between the the creators and the audiences and and that is that's sort of something that we've noticed uh authors are struggling with like we were talking about before the show like being a, being a writer is a really tough way uh to make any kind of of living right most most authors tend to have day jobs and it's yeah, it, sure. I, I i think i think you've sort of put that puzzle piece in the middle there it's it's connecting with those audiences that's difficult uh even in even in the age of amazon sort of uh, the big platform where where it's it's like a wild west everybody can go advertise to everybody uh you you can't guarantee that the right people are going to see your stuff you know the the search algorithms the um you know the data processing uh, they're they're not necessarily going to get to your audience, if you even have an audience. If 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 your especially if your audience is a crazy niche like comedy horror. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and that's why too the difference between you know just seeing a, a ad on Facebook or something that is sort of, I don't know, not personal in any way. The difference between that and having your friend come come up to you and say, "Oh my God, have you heard about this author?" This guy's changing my life. It's so good. You got to read it. Like the, that, that is what I find exciting. That gives me chills when somebody has passion in their eyes and they come to me and say, Hey, this is really great. You got to check this out. Well, yeah, I'm going to, because, you know, clearly 
somebody that I respect is, is enjoying this, this license or content or whatever it is. And, you know, that's an opportunity for me to make my life better. Uh, That's interesting because in, in today's mass media climate, or at least throughout most of my life, it's been sort of the big pop culture things that get shared. You know, Hey, did you watch the latest star Wars? Did you watch the latest, um, you know, whatever, uh, that sort of thing. Or did you, or are you caught up with game of Thrones? That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in, in a lot of ways that we're sort of hurt by that, that echo chamber that, yeah, you can share anything, but we've sort of, we're created, we've created this big mass pop culture, the, the like global pop culture. And, and frankly, not all of it's that good. Uh, so it's it's also made it difficult to discover. Well, it's just sort of like local musicians or or local artists or something like that. They've they've sort of fallen behind in importance compared to global brands and global global properties. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And that, but that's why, as a podcaster, I take that seriously because you know every episode when we put out a Bone Bat show, we have a different independent musician on the show, and so that's our opportunity to say. You know, listen, here's here's three or four tunes by this band that kicks ass that you would never hear played on the radio. So if if this sounds cool to you, you know, go to their band camp page, throw them a few bucks and uh, keep them working. Oh, that's amazing. I, I did listen to uh, one of your shows where you interviewed a local uh, nerdcore rapper, which yes. which blew which blew my mind. I thought that was hilarious. Um uh, so apparently nerdcore is still a thing for, for those of you who don't know, go check out, go check out MC Frontalot or, or whoever. Yeah. Um, uh, do, yeah do, and do, we do try to mix it up too. I mean, you might have like, the pine box boys are a sort of a bluegrass act. Uh, I'm a big metal head. So we play metal a lot on the show. So, you know, it's always something a little bit different that, uh, my co-host and I might be interested in, but, uh, the important thing is celebrating independent music. That's cool. Do you, do you mostly stick to local acts and, and artists or just from wherever? Uh, wherever, as long as they're independent. I mean, I, I don't really have, you know, an interest in talking about Madonna or something like that. Well, that's fair. Uh, she's got a new album thing or single or something. I didn't really read about it. I just saw the headline like maybe yesterday. So, you know, woohoo, Madonna. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's not a shot against her, but she doesn't need my help. You yeah. know, a, a band in town well, might, you know, get an, get another gig or be able to sell a few albums on Bandcamp because I mean, that, we said something. So that's, that's, kind of that's, point, that's right? why we shine the light. That's kind of the point, right? It's like even me who is not paying attention to like the music biz at all. I saw a headline on a website while I was reading a different article. Clearly Madonna doesn't need help because if I saw that headline and I'm not even paying attention, then lots of other people did too. And so there's other guys that actually need help. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So daddy Warpig, uh, the, the geek app, we're focused mostly, mostly on, uh, on books and and film and and tv and games and such but if if you were to uh promote music acts on this show what type of music would you do um i've been really into retrowave recently um and and that's all kaiju's fault kaiju bushi like regularly posts retrowave and then i kind of grumble and i go listen to it on youtube and i say yeah that's really good i really really like that 
Yeah, that's something I'm gonna have to get. And then I go buy the album on on iTunes. Sometimes less than like ten minutes later, that he's posted this YouTube video. I've I've bought the album and I'm downloading it. So yeah, that's are you are you on uh, Carpenter Brute? No, Carpenter Brute. It's basically like uh, sort of keyboard stuff similar to the Halloween soundtrack by John Carpenter. It's the cut that type of thing, but it might have like some hard rock guitars mixed it in with it. It's totally fun. It's God. like soundtrack music for a movie that never existed. That sounds cool. Um, hey, I, I've listened to some of that stuff too. This is weird how popular that got. That was what was it? Uh, Macintosh Plus came out. That's the name of the artist, right? That started the vapor wave uh trend <laughs> vapor waves a thing i haven't heard of that i gotta write this down yes uh check it out on youtube uh, macintosh plus okay i got it uh, Thanks, and it's 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 not just retro wave it's it's uh it's that sort of synth, heavy synth music and they use um distortion techniques to make it sound like you're listening to an old recording like maybe someone's um tape from the 80s like a mixtape or something <laughs> like that that's cool and and I th- I think as far as like a, an internet fad, it's it's more or less died out. But there there was this fad of a while of videos that were edited to look like you're like someone popped in an old VCR tape from '83, right? And it, I mean it's it's modern. You know they just produced it in 2017, but you know here, here's this weird video that that looks like it was cut together from a bunch of public access commercials from 1980. Yeah, no, I love that stuff. Uh, you probably noticed a couple of fest films in our fest that had sort of had intros that had like you know a video tape intro and bad tracking from like 1982. Yeah, that that vibe to it, and we lo- we love that stuff because that's when we, my Gordon and I grew up going to the video store deciding if we were going to rent Evil Dead Two this weekend. And and the nice thing about it is that it's something I didn't detect. Um, it's it's just a retro nostalgia fad but what it it looks it seems to me unlike other retro fads is uh it's not genuine appreciation it's 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 sort of a uh, it's sort of a modern sort of not exactly mocking it but hey check out these sounds right remember remember, sort of an ironic appreciation is that what you mean yeah like like an ironic appreciation but it's not um there's no contempt behind it or anything like that it's just like yeah this stuff wasn't good but you know here's an interesting sound (laughs) that sort of that might have been lost to time well see if they're making it ironically they've they've completely missed the boat because i unironically really really enjoy retro stuff let me let me Throw out some names real quick for people listening if you want to check it out. Uh, there's a guy named Ferris Melek, F-E-R-U-S-M-E-L-E-K, Ferris Melek. Uh, the album of his I bought is Decay of the Mainframe. It's an EP. Uh, there's a group called Mega Drive. Um, I bought their Hardwired version 1.4 album. Again, these are all retro waves. So they're heavy synth, um, and they're not so much copying old stuff the 80s it's like they took the stuff from the 80s the that synth sound that she used to get and are making new compositions with it and i really enjoy it um there's a group called mega hammer uh raw licks sees sleazy flicks um <laughs> that sounds awesome and then uh there's a group let's see i bought a bunch of like 
small singles. Code Electro uh, is the group. Uh, the single is called Shinobi. And if you can track down the video on YouTube, it's a fabulous music video for that. I just really love it. Um, I got a single called Red Planet from Scandroid, uh, Somnisphere from Caspro, Blood Patrol from Dream, Out, Dream Hour, uh, Santa Cruz from Slumber, but there's a V there, S-L-V-M-B-E-R, um, and a group called Delos, and their EP is literally self-titled EP. So that's some of the retrowave stuff I've picked up. I actually have got some more here, but um, Ethical by the Icarus Project, Vision by Red, Period, uh, Burner by Judge Bitch. <laughs> You should do, you know, you know, you should do it. It'd be helpful if you put some of those uh, like YouTube links in the, in the description and maybe do a quick Twitter thread on, on all this stuff. Cause I'd be fascinated to look all that up afterwards. That sounds like a whole lot. Uh, making more work for you. <laughs> I, uh, that's all in my iTunes anyway. I don't have links for it anymore. So. See, this is, this is cool because this is like different stuff than the stuff I was aware of, which is sort of very horror soundtrack theme, like uh, a couple other acts are Perturbator uh, and uh, Ghost, uh, G-O-S-T, which is different than the other Ghost that's kind of a metal act. But uh, so the, hearing about all these other new things that are a different vibe to it, I'm excited to, to jump down this uh, wormhole. Uh, I love that stuff too, because, and this is both uh, a compliment and uh, a criticism of it, that most of the time when I'm listening to music, it's I'm when I'm working. So it's stuff that has to go on in the background. Uh, and so, so a lot of the good retro wave does that. So that's, you can see how that's both a compliment and a criticism of it. Yeah, sure. It's a, uh, not everything you can actually just sit down and listen to and, and, and enjoy on its own, but some good background music. So this is a question with an obvious answer to it, but I'm going to ask it anyway because I want to get into the discussion. I honestly don't usually talk about stuff I really, really love on the show. Really? See, that's... Yeah. Huh. Because, uh, you know, for us, I mean, we certainly have a... a a thing called what pisses us off that we talk about every episode of our <laughs> podcast where we can rant and rave, but I would, I, I would almost rather talk about things that I love more than things that I hate because that's not going to, to further the cause in any way, just shutting something down. I would, I would rather spread love and get more people onto really awesome stuff. Uh, that's sort of my philosophy anyway. I just, I, I'm going to have to, I think that's a good answer. And I think that's a good thought. I'm just going to have to think about that because I, I don't know. When I really love something, I just kind of enjoy it. And I don't really talk about it all that much. It just has never, um, not for a long time because of some particular circumstances. Um, I mean, I do sometimes, but yeah, I need to do we need to do more of that on the show because actually Dornall does it a lot. He'll come in and say, Hey, here's this new thing I found and it's awesome. And I love it. And I'm just like, okay, that I love it. That's great. I mean, that's great that you love it, but I don't know. 
Well, it's cool. I mean, you've got this great forum to do that. You know, you yeah. have a, a place each week where people will tune in and clearly they, they come back week after week to listen to what you have to say. So your opinion holds some weight. And so, you know, you right now you share in these, uh, synth wave bands or retro wave bands with me that's going to make me go out and check this stuff out i'm excited about that sorry i'm having deep thoughts Dornall. I, I expected you to jump in here oh yeah well i'm also having deep thoughts oh. about about having an, an irl emergency and and literally stepping away from the show for for 30 seconds oh that's fine i'll cover you I bet I picked the best 30 seconds to have to, to do that <laughs> right during the deep thoughts time. Yeah. My, my apologies, gentlemen. I, you, but yeah, no, I, we were talking about talking about stuff that we love. And, um, I like that too, because sometimes, um, sometimes I get, I get bogged down in negativity, especially, um, reading things on the, on the internet. Um, I myself can often produce a lot of negativity, especially when it comes to, like I was saying before, you know, what we see in pop culture, when you realize how that stuff has infected our lives, um, you know, the Marvel movie franchise and, and everything like that, like, yeah, I kind of have fun watching those movies, but in a vacuum, most of them aren't very good. Um, and um, the quality of the films at, at the bone bat festival where um they were executed very well you know some of them were bad and and some of them were were good but they weren't any worse really than a, a marvel movie they didn't have the big epic uh cgi sequences and everything like that so i guess what i'm trying to say is it's good to find those things that we love and talk about them because it's too easy to sort of see what out what's out there and say man oh uh, what what is this culture that we're consuming it's it, it's it's not it's not working for me well i mean even even when it comes to the big budget stuff i mean this afternoon i'm gonna go see hellboy i've been reading mike mignola comics since i was a little guy i love his art i've always been a big fan of that sort of black and white woodcut look of the original comics uh very strong lines and you know light and dark uh contrasting against each other i enjoyed the guillermo del toro uh, first two hellboy movies so you know maybe it sucks the reviews that are coming out are terrible but even even if it's not a great movie i'm still going to be sitting in a theater with a big bucket of popcorn in my lap and i enjoy that i, I like going to the movies anyway i like hellboys let's check out let's go see what this is about give it its day in court I, I, you know, I'll, I'll echo that. I, I really like going to the movies as an experience. Um, I, I know a lot of people don't necessarily like it. A lot of people would be just fine in their home theater, whatever. No, I like going to the movies. I, I just, I'm looking forward to more good stuff like that. I don't know. I might take a chance in Hellboy though. Yeah. I, uh, I just realized that a lot of the reason I don't talk about stuff is. Just about everything I do is research right now. Like even when I'm seeing like a movie or a TV show or something, the researchy stuff is always in the back of my mind. So I don't get a lot of stuff that is just fun for fun. Well, I, I respect your hustle, DW, but you should do a little something for fun. <laughs> uh, but that, but the retrowave stuff, that was all for fun. There, I, yeah, I wasn't doing that for research. I did that just because, hey, that's some good music. 
Well, thank you again for the heads up on some of this stuff because uh, I, I think I'm going to get a lot of enjoyment out of it. I'm looking forward to digging in. Hey, you know what? They're probably independent enough to have them on the on your show to talk to them. Yeah, well, if if we end up with an act, I will absolutely give you guys a shout out. Oh, that'd be well. I I just want to listen. <laughs> I just want to be warned so I could listen to the show. That'd be awesome. And I just want to double encourage people go look for the music video called Shinobi on YouTube. It's fabulous. Cool. Um, oh, actually, you know, now that you mentioned that, um, it's funny, the band Carpenter Brute that I was just talking about. Uh, so I sort of, I had been familiar, you know, that with the name, but I hadn't really sat down and listened to them. And, uh, recently I picked up their first album. I was like, wow, this is great. I really dig it. And then it turns out I, I was totally unaware of this, but we played one of their music videos in the film festival, like three years ago. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's called uh, escape from Midwich Valley. And it's a, a HP Lovecraft themed video with the music, but it was, it was sent to us just as a film, not as a music video. And so I never put it one, two and two together until this year, when I started listening to the, the band, I was like, Holy cow, I know these guys. So that was kind of cool, but I sort of felt like I had my head in my ass. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, Sorry to say this, guys, because it's been a whole lot of fun, but we are closing in on on about an hour. So uh, is there anything anything else, that, any topics that you guys want to talk about before we head out? Uh, I, At, I think that uh, I've really had a great time chatting with you guys and kind of talking about the stuff I dig. So thanks for the forum, man. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun to have you on. Um, we'll we'll definitely have you back on at least in time for uh, sorry at the latest in time for next year so that we can spread the word out even more. We're, uh, yeah, I would be honored. Thank you. Yeah, I want to I want to watch you guys sell out. Do you think um, in a few more in a, in another decade you could sell out Key Arena or something? Just <laughs> boom. I don't know about that. At some point, we're still kind of an independent operation. <laughs> I can't. I can't imagine having to bag stuff sixteen thousand swag bags. By hand. That's, so that, that, that's what you've got kids for, right? <laughs> I'd have to have more kids. <laughs> Training up your own child labor. <laughs> hey, yeah, your your kids manned the uh, manned the show the the merch uh table like a boss it was awesome yeah no they're they're super helpful my whole family has been wonderful about you know sort of embracing this with me my wife comes and the kids run prizes and merch and uh, they're 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 just the best yeah i can tell i can tell <laughs> um well I, I didn't have any other questions or anything it, it was a lot of fun plus uh, unlike the rest of you noobs, uh, I'll I'll see you next Wednesday or the Wednesday after for some Gloomhaven. That sounds good. But uh, I do want to thank you personally for coming on and joining us and chatting. Um, it was a pleasure. Thanks to guys hanging out and chat. We didn't get a lot of questions this week. I think I think they were st uh, stumped by uh, by horror films today. <laughs> but we had uh, let's see Simon Hogwood. Yeah, we talked about uh, him earlier. Rawls hanging out in the chat. Thanks for hanging out, guys. Uh, it was a really good show, and I hope to talk to you all again. Uh, programming note, uh, I'm going to be out for the next two weeks for, for various events. So uh, 
talk to Daddy Warpig if you want a Geek Gab show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Daddy Warpig, anything else to say? Not really, man. I'm I'm okay right now. I'm too tired to be like upset about anything. Uh, I'm so exhausted that being angry about something just just feels too much like work right now. <laughs> well, that's okay. We we don't need a we don't need a war pig rant every time, do we? I posted some memes last night or or like news clips and stuff, and I was just like, hey, here's something kind of cool, I guess. Uh, and man, there were some people getting really angry, and I was just looking at it thinking. Should I be angrier about this than I than I am? I don't want to be because I'm way tired. <laughs> I'm just you know, it's ridiculous. So I'm gonna go on and just hang. See, uh, other people have to other people have to like do dope to get this mellow, and all I have to do is be sleep deprived for about a week, and you know, I'm good. You're good. I mean, I'm literally sitting here. My eyes are at half mast. They're like half closed. I'm all relaxed in my chair. I'm just, you know, looking at cool pieces of artwork and talking on the show. And I'm like, dude, I am so not high right now. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a happy 420 for you. <laughs> there you go. And, uh, and yeah, happy Easter to you guys and, and everybody out there happy listening. Easter. Happy Easter, everybody. All right. Daddy Warpig, do you want to send us off? Sure, I will do my job. The one job I have on this show that I messed up at the beginning of the show, so let's see if I can do this properly on the way out. All right, folks, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for everybody who came into the live chat. Uh, once again, uh, big thanks to Steve for taking an hour out of his uh, action, action, fun-filled Saturday uh, to come and hang out with us. Uh, I want to remind everybody listening, uh, if you've never heard the show before, or even if you have, you can catch Geek Gab on YouTube.com slash Geek Gab. That's YouTube.com slash Geek Gab. And you can check out all our past shows, all of the amazing and awesome and original shows that we have done right here for you. But if YouTube is not your thing, you can also subscribe to the show as a podcast on the Apple iTunes uh, and on the Google Play Store. And uh, if you want to listen on the web, you can uh, get us on SoundCloud.com. Just do a search for Geek Gab, and uh, you can find us in any of those places. We, uh, I'm just, man. You did it. I don't know if I can promise that. Like, next week, okay. Uh, we are leaving you for today, but don't you worry. Don't you fret. We will be back.